Welcome to Beautifully Told. Join us as we tackle the important issues of life and faith. My name's Natalia and I'm a cradle Catholic wife and mother. I'm a singer by hobby, editor by trade and a connoisseur of all things tea. My favourite saint is Maria Goretti. She always has been and she always will be. And my name is Jude. I'm a Catholic revert, a movie buff and an Instagrammer with a passion for online evangelisation. My favourite saint is Saint Therese of Lisieux, who I consider to be my best friend in heaven. Today we are going to talk about Mary and how loving her can help us to enter into Advent and prepare for Christmas. So as always we start off with a quote and today's quote is from Carl E. Olson's book Prepare the Way of the Lord. Mary is the perfect example of one who is prepared for the coming of God. Young, poor and unassuming, she would become, by her free choice, the mother of God. Faithful to God's promise, she embraced the first advent of her son before it occurred. I love that quote. Yeah, it's um, it's very different. <laughs> it's a different way of looking at our it lady. Is, it is. I think normally we look at her as mediatrix and yeah. <laughs> on a throne with yeah. like, the serpent yeah. under her foot. Um, it's nice to kind of look at her as young, poor and unassuming. Yeah. It's kind of a, yeah, more sort of R- like... Relatable. relatable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely more relatable. So, I mean, Natalia, we're going to talk about today, obviously, Our Lady and and loving her and how that helps us with Advent. But maybe maybe we should start by just like talking about why we love Our Lady. And maybe you can share with us like your love for her and how that came about, or if there's a, I don't know if there's a story there. Or... <laughs> well, I mean, there's always a story there with me, Jude. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's like it's really difficult to put into words why why I love Our Lady. I think she's just always been at the centre of my faith. Um, not at the centre, obviously, Jesus at the centre, but she's always been kind of there alongside him. Yeah. Um, I also find that as a, a woman, she's a lot easier for me to relate to um, because she would have gone through all of the things that I've ever been through in my life. She's just a lot like a lot more holy than I have. <laughs> um, but I think for me, I find it easier to pray, to ask for Our Lady's intercession than to be like, hey, Jesus, do you know that thing I need? Could you could you do it? I'm always like, Mary, could you ask your son to like sort this out for me, please? Um, no, obviously, um, all jokes aside, but it's it's definitely, um, I think because she's relatable as a mother, you, yeah. you see in the Gospels and also from the writings of the saints, the way that she had to deal with being the mother of God, yeah. which for me, especially in the last kind of year and a half, has been really good to see because I look at Our Lady for examples of how I should live my own. I'm not saying that my child is in any way the next Christ. (laughs) If anything, he is an antichrist. Like, I love him dearly, but he... um, Anyway, people who have toddlers will understand. Um, But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it's very easy for us with our human nature to want to go in to relating to anyone, even a child, with anger. And you see how Our Lady is firm but yeah. loving, and that's how I try to model my motherhood oh, on Our Lady. Yeah. Why do you love Our Lady, Jude? Because <laughs> it's going to be completely different from the reasons why I love yeah, Our Lady. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. It's it is different because I find it really fascinating that you say that um, that for you you find it easier to go to Our Lady than you do to go to Jesus. Because for me, a lot of my life has been kind of like struggling to go to Our Lady and kind of like. 
like wondering like if I'm kind of this like shameful Catholic who struggles with that idea and like kind of like the secret of like don't tell anyone but I find it really hard to talk about lady as not anymore but that's how it used to be for a long time and it's always been much easier for me to talk to Jesus interesting um and it's in yeah it is interesting and because how I came to love our lady was because I wanted to love Jesus more yeah and it became okay I want to I really want to love Jesus more I really want to be holy, I want to become a saint one day, like, please God. Um, and I know that the best way to to get to him is to go through his mother, because he loves her and he gave her to us on the cross. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was a real kind of um, a decision, really, to learn to love her, because I, yeah, I think I always kind of felt that she wasn't really approachable and she's incredibly holy and I'm not (laughs) and therefore you know how can I possibly talk to her because you know she wouldn't understand and but now I see her as this wonderful mother who is always there for me and is always guiding me and always helping me to get to know her son and I love her so much for that yeah and I think I think that is really interesting that you say that before you used to be very much um of the mindset of oh gosh um you know she's so holy I, I could never kind of um <laughs> get to her level and I guess that's obviously we'll never we will never be our lady right no. but we can aspire <laughs> to live our life in the same way like we're yeah. called to follow in the steps of Jesus we yeah. can also follow in the footsteps of Mary yeah. and I don't think that ever we're ever expected to be without sin entirely no. obviously that's the aim but it's always we we human nature makes us fall right yeah um, but it's the getting back up and the yeah. clinging to Our Lady and to Christ, or to Christ through Our Lady. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why, you know, we've got such wonderful things like um, Louis de Montfort's um, consecration to Our Lady. Mm. Oh, I love that. Sorry, to Jesus through Our Lady. <laughs> I always get that one wrong. No, but I mean, I think that like that's really beautiful. And you've got things like the Untire of Knots. Um, I love Untire of Knots. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you have a very special uh, experience of Untire of Knots, don't you? I mean, yeah, but for me, Our Lady Untire of Knots is one of like my big kind of passions for Our Lady is because... Um, the Novena to Our Lady and Tire of Knots, and if you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of been promoted um, a lot by Pope Francis. And um, it's essentially, you know, Our Lady is so powerful, thanks, thanks to Jesus, the power that he gave her, that she can untie any knot. Any problem that you have, you know, any real difficulty you know if you kind of look at a problem and you go well I can't see any solution to this yeah our lady can just go here you go <laughs> here's an answer and she's done that for me so I prayed I prayed the novena to our lady in Tower of knots once and the just the results that came from that was just miraculous for me it was just like wow I could see this huge, dramatic thing that she had done. And so that novena has stayed with me and I've prayed it often. And, you know, on several occasions, I've just had this huge thing that's come off, come from it, you know. Yeah. Massive knots that she has untied. Um, and that just, wow, it helps me love her so much. <laughs> no, no. And I, I mean, I think that that's, that's the beauty of Our Lady, though. That's it, that she, she can, like you say, you know, she can kind of, 
get in through the back door to our Lord and go, look, this person's really in need for in yeah. need of you. Can you please? And I find that that's really. I mean, I know that sometimes they say it in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, but if you look at the Gospels, that's exactly how Our Lady was. She yeah. was, you know, she wedding was just like... Well, yeah, the wedding at Cana. <laughs> <laughs> the wedding at Cana always makes me laugh because I'm, I'm always just like, listen, you must be a pretty powerful woman to think that you can tell God off. Like, <laughs> to tell him, look, you're going to do it because I'm your mother. <laughs> All right? <laughs> yeah, it's, but I think what I love about... What I love about the wedding at Cana is the, what, this is how Our Lady inspires me, is because she sees a problem and she's like, okay, right, here is a problem that yeah. needs to be solved. And she goes straight to Jesus with this problem. Yeah. And, you know, that is the same for us. What do we do with our problems? We have to go straight to Jesus with them. And then he, obviously his initial response seems to be a bit like, well, you know, this is not the right time for that. But at the end of the day, because his mother asked him to do it, he does it. Um, and I think that that's something really wonderful to help us to pray to Our Lady. Is like, well, if we pray to Our Lady. Yeah, I mean, I find that. Um, I mean, there was a there was a particular adaptation that I watched recently of the Wedding Feast of Cana, at Cana, not of Cana, <laughs> at Cana, um, and in it, it was. I've always read that passage as being. Um, our Lord going, look, woman, I'm not ready yet. Like, it's not my time. Yeah, no better. Yeah, the language is kind of hard for us to understand yeah. in this century. Kind but, of. but when I watched this particular adaptation, it was really lovely because it was it was almost like, not that Jesus was afraid, because obviously he knew that he had to do it, but it was more of a case of, my time hasn't come, and Our Lady responds with, well, when will, when will it be your time? Yeah. You know, you've been waiting for so long. When is this first act going yeah. to be, and why not but let it be something small like this? Yeah. Um, and I found that really beautiful because it wasn't a kind of an angry confrontation, which you sometimes get in the adaptations that you read in the Bible. Yeah. It was a warm and loving conversation between a mother and a son. Yeah. And I really, and I really appreciated that. Um, which leads me on <laughs> <laughs> to a question that I have for you, because... Obviously, you say to talk about um, Advent and Our Lady, and for me in my life, I have never, ever, ever related Advent with Our Lady, ever. I've always been like, Advent, we're getting ready for Jesus' birth. Like, <laughs> Jesus is coming, like, he's going to be born, we need to get it all ready. And also, if you look at the readings in the um, Sunday, every Sunday of Advent, mm. they're all quite apocalyptic, and yeah. there's no real mention of Our Lady. Yeah. So why do you think it's important, <laughs> leading question, <laughs> to, 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 to have Our Lady kind of at the centre of Advent as well? Yeah, yeah, for me, Our Lady has always been important in Advent, because... I, I guess it, during Advent, I I think about how Our Lady prepared for Jesus. Mm. And so Advent, like I know the secular world, obviously they like to treat Advent like it's this mini Christmas. Yes. And it's like, yay, let's celebrate already. You know, like let's get out all the mince pies and all the presents. You know, we have pre-Christmas presents. and like, <laughs> Or it's all about the shopping and, you know, and how we got the turkey ready and all of these things. But yeah. Um, but obviously we know as Catholics that the true meaning of Advent is about the preparation for the coming of Jesus and obviously hence the apocalyptic readings because we're thinking about the second coming of yes, our Lord yeah. and 
Our Lady prepared perfectly for his coming. And that's what I think about in Advent, is about her pregnancy and about how, well, firstly, you know, starting with the Annunciation, how she so perfectly said yes, like in that she was fully aware of what the angel was coming to tell her, of what he, of what he said to her. She was fully aware of all the consequences, you know, it wasn't just to kind of a, yeah, that sounds good, you know, <laughs> it was, it was... Yeah, it wasn't a flippant yes, it exactly. was... Exactly, it was a, you know, she fully knew what she was agreeing to, and she said yes, all the same, so that's incredible. And then she had to prepare for Jesus, she had to prepare for his coming. Um, and so I think that that's what I think about in Advent, yeah. is how she prepared for him. I think about her pregnant. I think about her on the donkey, you know, as we see in all these nativity plays. <laughs> don't make me start singing Little Donkey. Oh, gosh, no. I will. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that on the podcast. No. Um, no, but I think I think you're right. I mean, again, it's I'm really grateful to you for explaining that because, like I said, I, I think quite a lot of people kind of take Our Lady out of Advent because yeah. we are so focused on the coming of Jesus and we don't think about the journey to get there. So like yeah. you mentioned with the secular world, they're like, it's already Christmas. And I think in a way, sometimes we can also be of that mindset. Not that it's already Christmas, but it doesn't matter about the journey. We're just trying exactly, to get to, exactly. the, to the birth of Christ. Yes, we're so focused on the ending that we're yeah. not thinking about the journey itself. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that that's why um, things things where we can reflect on Our Lady's journey and um, what she had to go through. Yeah. Um, that would be really beautiful. And in a way, I think it'd be really great if we had that journey in readings throughout Advent as alongside the apocalyptic ones. Yeah. Of course, it's about both because, again, because I don't have it, it's out of sight, out of yeah. mind. And therefore, when it gets to Christmas Eve and it's like, oh, they're already in Bethlehem. <laughs> what? <laughs> the census has already happened. Um, okay, we're here now. Um, and yeah. so it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like as long a journey as it would have been because you're like, well, they've, already, they've had the census, they've, yeah. they've gone to Bethlehem, they've knocked on all the doors. It's the nativity play yeah. <laughs> in one sitting rather than a journey over four weeks. Yeah, and obviously in scripture there is a lot that we don't get yes. in terms of the preparation for, for Jesus, you know. Um, but we, at the same time, we, we know that it happened, obviously, um, that there was much to think about. Um, but I think what we can do is we can think about, I guess, Our Lady as a person, because when we think about preparing ourselves for Christmas, and when we think about preparing ourselves for the second coming, as we do with all these apocalyptic readings, we are thinking about preparing ourselves for the next life we've got to prepare our hearts for our lord we've got to be in a, in a state where we are ready for the next life as, as we talked about previously in, yeah in, in our also joyful episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in our podcast about what happens when we die which you know um so i think when we meditate upon our lady and the kind of person that she was that helps us become more ready for Christmas. It helps us become more ready for the second coming. It helps us so that when Christmas Day comes, it's not just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm exactly the same person that I was on the first Sunday of Advent. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've actually been on a journey since then. I've actually been trying with our Lord's help because we can't do it without him. I've, I've been trying to become a better person. And I think 
Our Lady is just this beautiful example that we have of that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you put it that way because it's not it's not like Lent where we're all kind of like, you know, uh, whipping ourselves metaphorically into into being better Catholics yeah. and giving all things up and it becomes a real like act of penance Lent. Yeah, Advent has a joy to it. Yeah, and I think that that's... It is, it is a bit like, you know, getting ready for a, a, a baby yeah. in that sense. Again, I can only, again, speak from my own experience, yeah. but um, <laughs> COVID aside, <laughs> um, it was it was that there's that joyful period of nesting where you do start sorting everything out in order to make sure that you're ready for the baby. Yeah. And, and it's a period of joy, but it's also a period of being like, well, actually, I've got to make sure I'm doing this so that I'm, you know, looking after the baby within me as well as myself. Um, you know, no drinking, <laughs> None of, you know, what I mean? so it's not, it's not like I'm giving things up, but I'm doing everything that I'm not having is so that it's so much more glorious once the child is here. Yeah. And I think that Advent is, a, if we look at it like that, rather than oh, I'm giving it up for penance and yeah, the rest exactly. of it, yeah. it's waiting for the special occasion of celebration. Because yeah. if you're celebrating every day in Advent, well then... Christmas will be no different. Right, precisely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, so if we're thinking about Our Lady and how we want to be like her, but, you know, we've already, we've kind of talked about how I, for years, found Our Lady to be quite inaccessible. Yes. Whereas you found Our Lady to be easier to, more, much more easier to approach than, than Jesus. Yeah. So how do you think we can, you know, for someone out there who's listening, who's like, okay, our lady is so inaccessible. She is aloof. There is nothing about her that I can relate to. I can't pray to her. Or she's, you know, she's like, yes, she's rightly on a pedestal in the sense that she is the queen of heaven. She is this incredible woman. Yeah. But at the same time, she is our mother. And so for someone who wants to relate to her, but who struggles with the with the mother part, I guess, or the, the relatable part, what would you say to them? <sighs> Easy question there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I <know. laughs> No, I, and I think I think this is the kind of what I was touching on at the beginning when I said, you know, we have this idea of Our Lady as like mediatrix, queen of heaven, yeah. like stepping on the serpent, like kind of like yes. a bit like um, Galadriel in Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> where she's just like, oh, yeah. we'll bow down to me. <laughs> um, we do sometimes have that vision of Our Lady, which makes her so inaccessible and yeah. kind of like, oh my gosh, like I cannot at any way point even try and speak to this woman because she will just step on me yeah, like she stepped on the serpent she, she's just so incredible yeah yeah exactly like, why she, would she even like look at me like exactly whereas obviously we we've seen like in the gospels and again in the writings of the saints that jesus is like the complete opposite in the sense that he obviously took our form yeah. and he and and we see that god has humbled himself and all the rest of it but we don't ever think of our lady in those terms but that's why i really like what um carl olsen wrote in prepare the way of the lord that our lady was young poor and unassuming and chose at the age of well teenager i'll say yeah. because we don't know her exact age people are all changing their minds on it all the time <laughs> but as a teenager to say yes to this absolutely like if 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 the angel gabriel were to come into this room now and be like natalia you've got to be the mother of god you're right with that i'm like no <laughs> no never 
and I'm I'm what almost almost thirty. So you know, like I <laughs> I've I've lived my life, let's say, to like an extent, more than our lady had by the point that she was yeah, asked, right? Well, yeah, you're probably like twice her age. Yeah, exactly. I'm twice her age at this point, and I'd still say no because for me, I'm like. But what do people say? Yeah. And you know, how would people react? And then there's like all the difficulties of like, hang on, like, wait, he's gonna die on a cross? Like, yeah, exactly. I wait, to... so I have to give birth to this child just to lose yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Know what I mean? Exactly. But I think that that is why she is so relatable because, again, those are things that, especially in today's world, are issues that everyone is faced with. Yeah. Not necessarily saying that you have to give up your son, but a lot of the time you do have to give up a bit of yourself yeah. for your faith. And Our Lady was probably mocked by those who were quite close to her, probably lost a lot of people, but she knew true in her mm. heart that this was the word of God and that this was what she was called to Yeah, she was steadfast, her life. yeah. And I think that in that way she becomes relatable because she did have to go through all of that turmoil of, you know, what will my social standing be? What will people think of me? Yeah. Will my betrothed leave me? You yeah. know, all of that. I, I, we all have had that in our, in yeah. our lives. You know, will I lose this friend for the sake of my faith or yeah. will I keep them and deny my faith? Yeah. And I think that that's what makes Our Lady relatable. And if we think about her as this young, poor and unassuming woman, rather than the all bow down to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> woman, it becomes it becomes a lot more relatable because we can yeah. all see ourselves in her and yeah the there's these two aspects of her yeah like we've got this we've got this young poor and unassuming woman and then we've got this queen of heaven who stamps on the serpent yes exactly and i think that it's not like our lady went from that to that in in a yeah. heartbeat it yeah. was a journey that she had to go on and we'll all hopefully get to that point yeah. where we're able to be saints in heaven yeah but we're not there yet and it's yeah. all it's all a journey and I think yeah. that's a great thing to reflect on during Advent. And she still remains to an extent this young, poor, unassuming woman. Yes. You know, and so it's not like someone who, you know, has this rags to riches story and is <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I can't really relate to you anymore because I used to be that person and yeah. I'm not anymore. Yeah. It's like I, I, I still get you. I still am with you. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that that's that's that is the beauty of our lady yeah. and that's why it's important for us to Yeah. I think also like for me, I love you know, we were talking a bit you were talking about how hard it would be to say yes to something that that like that massive. <laughs> and but I think in my own life I try to be inspired by her yes in just the small ways mm. which you know, even just saying yes in the small moments, I think is hard enough. Yeah. Just like saying, okay, you are like anything that the Lord is asking you to do on any given day, which might just be like, you know, be happy today when you're feeling down, like be like smile no. at someone when you're <laughs> yeah, in a bad yeah. mood or like not giving in to temptation when you want to. Yeah. Um, you know, just the tiny things or like doing something that scares you but that our Lord is calling you to do or that you know will help you get to holiness. Um, or indeed, accepting his invitation to become holy. Yeah. Because he does call all of us to become holy. He does call all of us to be saints. And that's a really difficult invitation to accept. And for Our Lady, that journey, although, yes, she was immaculately conceived before birth, so she was, you know, so Jesus saved her before she died. Sorry, before she was born. <laughs> also um, before she died. Also <laughs> Um, you know, she still, um, no, I, I, I understand what you mean. Like she, she still had to go through, right? Yeah. She still had to go through, <laughs> she still had to go through. She still had to. 
be who she was. Yeah. It wasn't a case of, you're saved now. Yeah. That's it. Don't worry about anything yeah. else. You're cool. Exactly, exactly. She still had to go on a... She still had to kind of... Yeah, like, her, for her, it was become become the mother of God. That yeah. was her vocation, you know? Yeah. And for each of us, our vocation and our journey to holiness is going to look different. Like, yeah, your, yeah yours is not going to be the mother of God. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I can deal with that. <laughs> but we each have our own vocations. Yeah. And, and for each of us, it's something that we have to say yes to. Yes, and but also it wasn't, I think that what your point as well there was that it's not, it wasn't a blind yes. It wasn't yeah, like, well, if this is what I was exactly. born to do, then sure, yeah. I'll do it. It was a case of, you've given me the choice and yeah. I have freely chosen and I think yes. that that's what people sometimes forget that it was a free, it was choice, a free choice of our lady yeah. regardless but if she had said no she still would have been yeah. born without sin yeah exactly and uh, yeah I heard I'm sure I've read somewhere I can't remember who said it as I'm saying to someone <laughs> that you know when when the angel came to her and, and said to her about this you know she, obviously this this was a question this was you know there was a a pause, you yeah. know, a chance for her to say no, um, and that all heaven waited with bated breath. You know, the angels are just like pausing, waiting for to to see what she would say, and that after she said yes, you know, be it done unto me according to thy word, you know, she just the whole then the whole of heaven just rejoiced, yeah, because it was this incredible thing. But there was this moment of like, what will she say? Yeah, you know, there was no kind of you will say this. You've got no <laughs> choice. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I think we touched on it um, when we were speaking earlier, I mean, not in this, but when we were speaking to each other earlier, about how, in a way, we can see the turmoil through Joseph's response yes. in the Gospels. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful way to think of, to think of it, because I think a lot of the time we do just assume that our lady was like, yep, yeah, cool, no worries, like, I'll do that. That's not Yeah, exactly, thing. like, she had no worries or n- n- nothing. Yeah, yeah. But I think that in, in Joseph's response, we see probably what she was battling with yeah. inside, and I think that that's a really good way to... It's like they were perfect for each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and then, yeah, I think that it's a really good way, like you were saying about saying yes to God slowly... Slowly but surely, I think that yeah. Advent's a really good time to try and say that, even if yeah. it's in like the really small things, like you said, and um, to really pray for God to give you discernment yes. in your life. What is it that He's asking you to do? Exactly. What What does He want from you? And I don't mean like, oh, you know, should I have chips for dinner tonight or should I have <laughs> sausage and mash? Yeah. It's not that kind of discernment. That's yeah. a decision I'm pretty and sure you could make on your own. Exactly, and it's also more than another thing that people often think about is that discernment only relates to am I supposed to get married? Yeah. Or am I supposed to be a exactly. man, or am I supposed to be a priest? Is 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 different from that as well. It's literally, you know, there is a whole intricate journey here yeah. that God is leading you on, and you just have to say yes. But there are also so many thousands of yeses. Yes. That you have to say. Like the thousands of yeses we've said in this episode. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that's a really good point. Like, um, so one thing that I would probably do during Advent this this year round is to make sure I try and start or end my day with an Our Father and a Hail Mary because it's got the Thy will be done. Yeah. And and that's that's really important because it's about me saying yes. I am I'm letting you do your will in yeah. my life. But it's also got um the Our Lady praying for us at the hour of our oh, death. And absolutely. like you say, it's 
it's about the second coming, but also, you know, the first coming. Yeah. And we do need Our Lady to pray for us in, in that hour. Yeah. And if that hour comes today, tomorrow, or 50 years from now, we still need to ask for Our Lady's yeah. intercession. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, if you do want to meditate on the Hail Mary this, yes. this Advent, there is a, we, have, we do have a book for that. So prepare the way of the Lord, which we've mentioned a few times in this podcast, which we quoted at the start, actually. There's a meditation on the Hail Mary, line by line, which is so beautiful. Um, yeah, so I think that that's... Uh, I think that's everything. That's we've gone everything a bit we, over. We, we have gone a bit over, but yeah, so let's, um, let's finish with this final thought. So this is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2677. With Elizabeth we marvel, and why is this granted me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Because she gives us Jesus, her son. Mary is mother of God and our mother. We can entrust all our cares and petitions to her. She prays for us as she prayed for herself. Let it be to me according to your word. By entrusting ourselves to her prayer, we abandon ourselves to the will of God together with her. Thy will be done. Yay, so that was a great conversation, Natalia. Yeah, I always love talking to you, James. Yeah. <laughs> And we really hope that you have a blessed Advent. We will be back with um, a kind of a late Advent podcast in a few weeks, which we're going to be talking about the Oantifons. Yes. So, and if you don't know what they are, we'll, we'll dare you to look them up beforehand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll explain it all, but it would be amazing if you wanted to look up the Oantifons before yeah. the next podcast, if you don't know what they are. But yeah, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Catholic Truth Society, a publishing house founded by Cardinal Vaughan in 1868. The Catholic Truth Society is motivated today by the same desire that inspired its foundation, to evangelise and to spread the Catholic faith through the written word. You can find out more about us, discover our vast array of publications and make a donation at ctsbooks.org.